in the western sky Summer winds are whistling A country lullaby Love just don't come easy Jeremy, what do you think happens when we die? Um, well... Someone finds us first of all, <laughs> and um, usually, I guess I don't know. Do you call the coroner? Fair enough. Do you call nine one one. I don't know. Um, but what happens to you when you die? Me um, specifically, yes. You are going to. You've lived a virtuous life, so you'll probably go um, to uh, the next thing. <laughs> okay. The next level, you'll ascend into um, probably an energy body or something like that. Okay. Yeah, you'll um you you'll live inside of a mountain um with the other energy beings, <laughs> and there you know you'll um raise little energy children. It sounds terrible. <laughs> well, I, I think it's also worth noting that it's Lent right now. Oh, yeah, it is, um, and I've given up nothing. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, I don't give things up. I just add and accumulate. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think when you die, that's it for you. You're going you're gonna to stay down in that old, dark ground. You're yeah. Gonna be, you're going to be worm food, which is pretty cool. They should uh, just let... Um, let birds eat you. <laughs> but um, that's how you become one with the economy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all circular. That's how it stays functional. Oh my god. Real off we, we've been really talking about the bird economy a lot lately. I think we covered it like a couple weeks ago too. Yeah. <laughs> well it's important it is we're, we're trying to stay a couple steps ahead everybody's talking about crypto and nfts but yeah. Actually, nobody's thinking about the birds i haven't seen anyone talk about nfts since the ukraine got invaded <laughs> that's or, fair yeah everyone switched focus real quick on uh social media <laughs> but it's for the better perhaps um what they taught me what happens when you die is you go to heaven or hell. And hell's full of maybe demons and stuff and fire, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just um, the absence of God, which I really don't know. That's like that's too deep for me, buddy. <laughs> I wanna go to a I wanna go to a place. <laughs> that's fair. Um, heaven, there's I think a gate, there's a man with a scroll, uh mansions the streets are paved with cheese um there are no cats in america oh yeah all dogs go there oh yeah yeah um bad children go to hell that's a saying i came up with that i've been saying a lot <laughs> is, uh, all dogs go to heaven and bad children go to hell <laughs> i just tell it to every child i meet that's good yeah they need to know uh-huh um I don't like to worry about when I die because I like to think about the here and now. And in that respect, I have a gift for you. Okay. okay. Uh, I also have a gift for you. All right. It's one that I told you that I was giving you, but yeah. I don't think you remember. No, I don't remember anything. I found these um, in my parents' like house, just going through like some stuff when they were cleaning. Okay. You, they are, um, you can use those anytime you want. Oh, wow. These yeah. are some beautiful... Uh, topless lady matchbooks yes they are probably i don't know i would say probably 30 or 40 years old at this point for earl's welding service you should take some pictures of these for uh instagram i will i'll absolutely do that uh, but uh we can start some fires pretty soon i guess i don't know if they'll still work <laughs> <laughs> uh that's pretty cool i love these yeah. in fact we're making lent a season of giving well here is my gift to you a linton gift thank you Oh, wow, that's huge. That's awesome. Uh, it's a gigantic corruption pen. Yes. With uh, the Jokler on it. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, we'll get some pictures of these and they'll go up uh, 
they'll go up on the social media and you can see how we're celebrating Lent. We are celebrating Lent. It's a it's a delightful time of the year. But with it being Lent, it's a, it's a reminder that you have to think about what happens when you die. And uh, if you're Jesus, you'll come back in three days. Mm-hmm. And then people won't be able to eat anything but fish on Fridays. Yeah. Um, but if you are a hooker who gets shot by your dumb blind lover, or her friend who also gets shot... <laughs> um, you might come back like a hundred years later and uh, corrupt the youth of America. Yeah. This kind of mixes stuff. You don't, this gets more into, uh, I would say demonology and devil worship than a proper Catholic uh, Christian doctrine. But we'll, uh, we'll explore that. So yeah, uh, this is the raincoat report with boss and Jeremy. Hello. I don't think we've actually said that. But we are talking this week about Heavenly Desire. Uh, This is actually another request. We got an email asking us to cover a few films, and we've covered at least one or two that were on that list. But uh, it's been like six months, and this was another one that was on the list. So uh, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, I really like this one, so uh, thank you. I don't know who sent the email because Boss checks those, and he's lost it by now i'm sure uh yeah i think it was under a business name so i wasn't sure who the person's name is anyway okay it's was it earl's welding (laughs) (laughs) yes it was for uh, earl's welding service excellent they're um, louisville's number one portable welding service in uh, in 1986 But, uh, yeah, Heavenly Desire is an interesting film directed by, I think it's Jackoff Jackovi. Yeah, that's, I don't think it's a real name. (laughs) Probably not, but we've got a star-studded cast here. we got uh, Serena and Seika in Mm -hmm. it. Jamie Gillis? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sometimes you get so excited about Jamie Gillis, you can't help yourself. Just pop off. (laughs) Yeah, so Jamie Gillis has a small role here. He's but, a star as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he, he usually is, let's be real. But uh, the male lead role, I would say, in this is actually that of Johnny Keys. Oh, he's back. He's back. We did 89 episodes with no Johnny Keys, and then in two weeks we got two in a row, and Excellent. it was actually on accident. Yeah, and um, he's got the same necklace in both films. Yes, he does. <laughs> So, yeah, Johnny Keys is the devil in this film. Um, but, yeah, we've got Jamie Gillis in it. We've got John Martin and Mike Ranger. Yep. Um, we have an uh, uncredited Lisa DeLeo who runs around in a pack of girls for a second. Yeah, she does nothing but play basketball for a minute. And I don't even think she ever touched the basketball. No. <laughs> I had to rewind to find her, actually, because there were, I think, maybe like two redheads in the crowd, and I wasn't sure which one was her. Right. Well, and and there are several other pretty gorgeous women in this movie that I don't have the name recognition for. Yeah, a lot of them, it seems like they just kind of pulled them up from uh, central porno casting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They hit the the, uh, the casting couches of America to bring us this... uh, lovely buffet of uh sorority sweethearts yes but uh it, it is a good cast even though there's less uh name recognition once you get further down they do their jobs well mm-hmm. and uh we get a delightful tale of what exactly happens after you die uh how you can change from going to heaven to going to hell in 24 hours and sometimes it takes a hundred years before you get to make a decision on where you're going anyway, I guess. It's kind of confusing in that sense, but I'll I'll their their spirits remained in the grave. I'll explain it when we get into the film. Okay, that's good. I, I always need you to help me get through this sort of stuff. Yeah, I've got it all it's up here. <laughs> uh so yeah, Heavenly Desire. It's coming right at you. We're coming right at you. I'm squirting at you live. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay. Uh, well, it's time to jack. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got to get that on the soundboard when you get that up and running. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it all we'll out. It'll be good. Out. We'll figure it out during the break. All right, we'll be back to talk more about heavenly desire in just a moment. Lucifer comes through the night. He takes a wrong and makes it look all right. He pulls you up to bring you down. He laughs at you cause you're his about sex baby let's talk about you and me and all the um i don't know many songs beyond like one or two lines <laughs> of lyrics i, I should... feel like you've you've sung those two lines on this podcast at least once if not twice in the past it's okay it's just good coming back from break uh banter <laughs> I, i'm beginning to worry that most of our humor is just like either stuff that we've said f- before and forgotten or callbacks to other episodes. No, it's fine. There's always something new I'm finding and saying. Like? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about Jackoff Jackovi's Heavenly Desire. So, Heavenly Desire has a western opening with some piano ballad playing and a bunch of horses and cowboys and i was like huh i didn't realize that this was a cowboy movie (laughs) yeah um i love this song it's great yeah it's one of two great theme songs (laughs) so we see in bed mary lou who is uh seika's character she is talking to ralph her cowboy boyfriend Ralph wants to marry her so she doesn't have to be a hooker anymore. She leans over and starts to make out with him and uh, starts to play with little Ralph as they kiss. She leans over and starts to blow him and he reaches around behind her ass. We get some close-ups of her and uh, a zoom out as she's blowing him. Some thrusting on his part into her mouth, and she does a lot of licking and teasing the cock as well. Some very expert level work here from Seika. Yeah, no one, no one ever uh, impugned her blowjob giving skills. No, we haven't covered much with her. We have to do a little bit more of her because I really like her in this. Um, I feel okay. like one of the only things we saw her in maybe was like Prisoner of Paradise and. She Maybe some that. bit rolls and like Dracula sucks and some other stuff. Yeah, I feel yeah that that might be. We'll cover we'll cover more for yeah. sure. We'll do um that one that like literally has her name in it. It's like Seika, a place beyond shame or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, let's talk about Heavenly Desire for now. Okay. It also has Seika. <laughs> yes, it does. So. Uh, Ralph and Mary Lou kiss more and he starts to go down on her as she lays back and she twists her nipples as he goes at it. Then Ralph says a real boner-killing line, Let's have another baby! (laughs) He mounts her missionary with her legs pinned up and uh, she tells him to shoot his hot cum all over her tits and he does. He thrusts between her tits a bit more afterwards as she licks and kisses it more. It's at this point that a rock gets thrown through the window of the room they're in. Ralph checks and there's a note. She asks what it says and, well, Ralph can't read. No, yeah. Uh, Despite his glasses, he actually can't read. He just needs that in order to be able to potentially shoot people. So she reads it. And Horse Breath Harry's down the street and wants to meet him for a duel. Ralph frantically gets dressed in his golden suit that he's wearing. And uh, he goes. He notes that he's never lost a gun battle yet. And now he has something to live for. 
He comes down the steps and then falls at the bottom of them. We see Mary Lou get out of bed naked and start to get dressed. And as she's looking around, she sees that he's left one of his boots and she throws it to him out the window. I think he's fucked. (laughs) Mary Lou gets the other girls to join her and they take a carriage down to see the duel. We see the back of horse breath Harry as he's watching Ralph arrive, falling off of his horse, and his glasses fall off his face. Mary Lou is there, and she yells out trying to stop him, but he won't. Ralph calls horse breath Harry chicken shit, but his vision, as we can see, is all blurry without his lenses and his glasses as they fell out of his uh, frames Yes. of his glasses. Mm-hmm. They don't work no more. Nope. So, horse breath, Harry tells him to draw on the count of three. So he counts down, and they both draw and shoot, but Ralph is dead. But not only that, Ralph was able to get a stray bullet to hit both Mary Lou and her friend Rosebud, played by Serena. Mm -hmm. And they are also both dead. Yes. This is when we get our soulful, heavenly desire song. Yes, it's great. It's, <laughs> it's a wonderful. Wonderful, soulful song about the devil. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's in fact here where we meet the devil, played by Johnny Keys. He pulls up in his Cadillac next to the graves of Rosebud and Mary Lou, and they materialize above their graves. Wearing long, flowing, transparent dresses. You know, I think this is like uh, this is like a form of necromancy, is what I would call this. Okay, calling the spirit forth from the grave to uh, send it on various missions and uh, so forth. Now, this means that were they called away from heaven, or were they waiting to go to heaven? Now, that I'm not entirely sure of. I feel like perhaps they were in. Um, Maybe in a limbonic state. Okay. Um, you know, to somewhere in the middle, out in the in the ether, they sometimes call it. Okay, yeah. Um, just kind of waiting. Right. And now they've been called up. It's kind of a mixture of uh, Christian and uh, pagan theologies <laughs> in, a, in a pretty slapdash way. We see a lot of smoke here. We need to get a smoke machine. I, oh, I'm... absolutely. We need to get a smoke machine. Sorry, we're... Film. We're doing a film production meeting <laughs> instead of a podcast. <laughs> no, it was brought up last week that we didn't have a smoke machine, and I just now remembered that that's something we need, so I will look into that. Anyhow. I bought a goblin's nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all set. So the ladies get into the car with the devil. It's worth noting that the devil doesn't have a driver. No, the he has an invisible phantom that drives it, or it's a self-driving um, Christine-type machine. <laughs> Mary Lou asks, are we in heaven? But the devil tells her, you're in the backseat of a Cadillac Broham. That's as close to heaven as it gets. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I looked it up because I was like, Cadillac Broham? And sure enough, I looked it up and it was uh, available for... Several years, mostly in the 70s and 80s. That makes sense. Mary Lou asks where the horses are, and the devil explains, all you have to do is press down on the gas and go. It's at this point that I noticed, uh, as you already brought up, that the devil is wearing the same necklace as in Behind the Green Door. Yes, and a very lovely uh, like pink and violet suit. Oh, yes, yes, his pimp suit. Yes, his pimp suit. He cuts a striking figure as a, de- as a, as a demon devil. Uh, he's one of my favorite renditions of the devil for sure. For sure. This is, um, he's the devil to Petey Wheatstraw. Okay. Yeah. That's that's (laughs) him. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like in that universe where the devil's son-in-law and he's the devil. Right. (laughs) The devil introduces himself and the ladies ask about going to heaven and he asks them if they really want to sit on a cloud all day. Or if they want to go to Hooker Heaven, his special part of hell, they decide heaven can wait. So that makes it sound like they weren't in heaven yet. Right, right. Uh, imagine time passes quite... There's really probably no concept of time once you're just a spirit in the grave. <laughs> 
So the devil tells them, we'll get started tomorrow. And then we cut to a day shot of them pulling up in front of a house. But it's not just any house. This is the whorehouse that they used to work at. But now, it's a sorority, the devil explains. And he has to explain what a sorority is. They get out of the Cadillac and it just takes off on its own. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It just rolls gently down the driveway. You think there's somebody in the floorboard just pushing pedals? I guess. I would be afraid to do that because I would be worried I would just drive right into a bush. This feels Um, like something Tyler would try to get going. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) We did talk. We have to put our foot down. (laughs) So the devil and the two hookers uh, walk through the door of the sorority house, but not by opening the door and walking in, but by ghosting their way through it. We see some of the ladies of the sorority and the devil and the two women get behind the couch to watch, even though it seems that they're invisible to that everybody. That made me laugh so much. <laughs> they're just like, oh, we got to hide. Uh, they do explain it, though, a, a little bit. Yeah. The devil points out two girls, Sue and Ellen, who are virgins. The devil explains that they're going to be asked to get down for their initiation, and the girl's job is to make sure that they have sex. It's at this point that they see a guy who looks just like Ralph, Mary Lou's old boyfriend. The devil explains that it's Todd. He's the caretaker of the house. He's actually Ralph's descendant. And he's in love with Mary Lou. Um, He's Ralph's grandson, so... Right. He's got hots for Grandma. Right. Uh, He says something about how Love is so strong that sometimes it can see beyond dimensions, and so Todd might be able to see her. Yeah. It's at this point that the devil disappears in a blast of smoke. Todd explains to the new girls, Sue and Ellen, and at this point nobody's been able to see the ghost watching on. Uh, Todd explains to the new girls that he lives in the house and his grandfather was Ralph the Kid, who got gunned down right outside the house. He shows a picture of Ralph to the new girls, but then the ghosts run up and grab the picture. But Todd seemingly sees something as he starts to chase after them, yelling, Mary Lou, Rosebud! Some goofy piano music plays as they run in circles for a minute, and then the ghosts run out the door through the door. Todd's glasses fall off, and one of the sorority sisters helps him grab his glasses. And then he runs directly into the door, loses his glasses again, and then gets help getting his glasses one more time, and then opens the door and runs out. It's at this point that Miss Stewart shows up. She's the house mother. She tells him not to mind Todd. He's a bit nuts, but he's really helpful around the house. She shows Ellen and Sue, the new girls, to their room. And they like it. So, uh, real quick, Ellen is played by Hillary Summers. Okay. Which is a name I'm familiar with, although I couldn't place her immediately. And then Sue is played by Danny Williams. Don't know him. And then uh, Miss Stewart's played by Eileen Wells. Nope. Anyhow. <laughs> thank you for, thank you. So yeah, uh, Miss Stewart shows the girls their new room, and they note that it seems nice. After Miss Stewart leaves, Ellen asks where Charles is. He was supposed to meet them. But then immediately, as she says that, Charles crawls through the window. He kisses Ellen and says hi to Sue. He tells them that this is the best house on campus. It's at this point that Sue gets a call from Bill, her boyfriend, who's waiting on her. We then see Mary Lou appear watching Charles and Ellen. Sue leaves to go see her boyfriend, and Charles pulls Ellen down onto the bed and keeps making moves on her, even though she's not particularly into it. Ellen stops him, saying he knows they can't do that until they're married. He asks her if kissing is okay, and she says that it is. So Mary Lou, the ghost, is watching them, and she sits down on the bed next to them and starts to rub the crotch of Charles's pants. 
Then Mary Lou pulls out Charles's cock and starts to stroke it. Charles and Ellen are still making out. And Charles reacts excitedly as his cock's getting stroked. <laughs> yes, it's a ghostly hand job. They continue to make out as Mary Lou starts to blow him, but Charles keeps going and trying to uh, escalate things with Ellen, and she keeps stopping him. Mary Lou then finishes off Charles with her hand, and he comes all over Ellen's leg and dress. He says, that was beautiful. And she says some poetic stuff about kisses. Yeah, kisses and being held and... Right. Gentle romance. Uh, she says that she loves him, and she stands up and notices <laughs> her dress is messy. She says she must have sat in something wet, but in fact, her dress is just covered in a load. Just, yeah, soaked in loads. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't, however, seem to notice his messy cock hanging out. That is one thing that was kind of confusing to right? me. Um, it's got so much ectoplasm on it right now that it's been rendered <laughs> invisible. <laughs> I guess so. We then cut to Sue, who is with her boyfriend, Bill. So, to take a step back here, Charles is played by John Martin. Yes. And Bill is played by Mike Ranger. Yes. So, Sue is with Bill, and she's examining a ring on her finger. Apparently, her and Bill just got engaged, and they're making out. We then see Rosebud poof and appear in their back seat. Bill says, The future Mrs. Bill Henderson. She says something about that sounding nice. Bill says that they should get a hotel room, and she asks why. He says he wants to make love, and she tells him they can't. He says they're going to get married, but she's not into it. He tries to tell her nowadays nobody cares about that, but she talks about how upset her mother would be, and he tells her she wouldn't have to know. They stop talking for a moment afterwards. There's some tension there. But from the back seat, Rosebud unbuttons Sue's top. So Bill, who'd been looking away, looks back over and sees Sue's exposed breasts. And he gets all excited. He's yep. like, oh, oh, oh. Yep, and he, <laughs> while making that sound, reaches, <laughs> reaches into Sue's top and starts to grab her boob. And Sue yells at him. He's confused, thinking that she unbuttoned her shirt on purpose, and she throws the engagement ring back at Bill and storms off. We then see Sue walk back into the sorority house, and Miss Stewart sees her crying. She follows her back to her room, asking her what was wrong. Rosebud then appears on the bed across the room. Miss Stewart starts to console Sue as she explains that Bill wanted to make love to her. Miss Stewart says there's nothing wrong with making love, and Sue says it's wrong before marriage. Miss Stewart says it's the most beautiful thing in the world, and asks Sue if she loves him. Sue says yes, and Miss Stewart says she should just let nature take its course then. Miss Stewart starts descriptively walking through love making with her, talking about him kissing her, and as she's talking about him kissing her, Rosebud kisses. Sue's lips. Miss Stewart continues to be really getting into it as she's describing him kissing down her chest, and as she's doing that, uh, Rosebud's ghost is kissing down Sue's chest. She describes his throbbing cock pressing against her and talks about kissing her neck, licking her nipple, biting her nipple, and etc. as Rosebud follows along and does the same to her. As Miss Stewart continues talking, she starts to undress. This seems uh, a bit inappropriate for the house mother. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's normal. That's what mothers are for. She talks about him going down on her as Rosebud starts to go down on Sue. As she's laying back and writhing, her head back in Miss Stewart's lap, who is playing with herself at the Mm. time. Do you notice we see this kind of scene a lot where... um... A woman will have to explain how good sex can be to, like, a more frigid woman, and they just end up having, like, a lesbian encounter? Yes. Yeah. It's good. This, in fact, happened in a movie I watched right before we started recording today. Hell yes. Um, 
happened in sorority sweethearts too which this movie kind of just i guess thematically reminds me of but also a little bit in how like someone's trying to help them get laid yeah um i like this one better though well this one has the devil and ghosts yeah which is yeah exactly and a love that that conquers time itself i don't care about that and generations oh no i love generations (laughs) i don't care about time And as they continue to talk, Rosebud then starts trying to fist Sue. <laughs> yes. Um, this was shocking to me. Uh, I just don't expect that in, um, I guess, in straight films as much as I would do in a, a, a gay film. Well, and on top of that, like narratively speaking, yeah. Sue is a virgin. So you would think that they wouldn't go straight to the fisting? No, but that's how you would experience like the full force of like a penis would be like a a handful of human bones (laughs) so miss stewart is kissing sue and rosebud continues to push her fist forward she doesn't really get past her uh wrist no but like she doesn't get fully to her wrist yeah but she gets it like 80 percent to the widest part of her hand yeah it's um she's up in there yeah she's really up in there um Meanwhile, Miss Stewart is licking and sucking on Sue's nipples and rubbing her. And Rosebud then gets her whole fist in Miss Stewart. Yes. As uh, Sue and Miss Stewart continue to make out. Well, that's the difference between a virgin and an experienced, like, MILF. Right. It's just, like, 20% of the hand. (laughs) (laughs) So we see Rosebud fisting both of them. As they continue to make out, and after a bit, Sue just jumps up, shocked, asking what happened to her. Pops right off that fist. Right? (laughs) And then runs out of the room, but Rosebud continues to fist Miss Stewart, thankfully. Yeah. Um, This was like one of those scenes where, like I said, it was just kind of shocking because it was unexpected. Like uh, the enema scene in Pretty Peaches. Right, right. Um, Or... uh, can't think of another one that was or the big dick in like driller oh yeah like that kind of stuff where you're just something you don't really expect to see and then right when it does happen you're just caught in the spectacle right um i love it we cut to outside and there's a group of girls playing basketball the ghosts are watching them play from a tree and lisa deleu is one of the basketball players yeah she's got a black sweatshirt on blinking you'll miss her <laughs> uh tom the uh the caretaker yeah ralph's grandson yeah catches the ball when it bounces away and he throws it into the basket one of the girls asks why he spends time raking leaves with an arm like that but some of the other girls start to mock him about chasing ghosts and ask if he's afraid of girls the newbies say to leave him alone but the others start to chase after him Two of them end up cornering him in his bedroom, and they pull his pants off, and they seem quite startled by his giant cock. Yes. He then asks them if they're afraid of a real man, and he pushes them towards the bed as he crawls down with them. Uh, One of these girls is Shelly, played by Aubrey Nichols. Okay. The other one is Debbie, played by Debbie Gunter. Debbie Gunter. As this is going on... the real Midwestern name. Right. (laughs) As this continues to go on, the ghosts are still watching the rest of the girls play basketball. Yeah. It's a riveting game. The shirts are up by two. Skins are down by by two, I guess. That's how sports work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If one team's up a certain amount, the other team most likely is down the same amount. They need to introduce some variables. (laughs) Yeah. So Tom finishes undressing the girls as uh, Shelly starts to give him head. We then see him fuck Shelly a bit and uh, then start to go down on her as Debbie is kissing all over Shelly. Debbie starts to go down on Shelly and Tom climbs up and Shelly starts to blow him. He then mounts Debbie doggy style and she makes out with Shelly as he's fucking her. After a while, he eventually pulls out and comes on Debbie's ass. He's thrashing all around. Yes. The whole time. (laughs) We then see some girls playing cards. 
One of them is in a pair of panties that say I Heart San Francisco on the back. It's at this point that the landlord Harold shows up. This is Jamie Gillis's character. Yes. And he's there with his secretary Shirley. And he's in a he's in a real Jamie Gillis role in this movie, too. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, one of the girls asked where the old secretary went and asked if she was tired of the whips and chains. Unfortunately, we don't get whips and chains in this movie, but it's at least a, a good uh, backstory reference. Yeah, that's a good line for just any uh, backstory for any Jamie Gillis character. Miss <laughs> Stewart then hands Harold a check. He notes it's only half the rent and asks who's paying the other half. He suggests one of the girls in the room, and Miss Stewart says he can't go with her unless he wants the clap. He's like, all right. And finally, he suggests Shelly. She says, God, what you've got to do for cheap rent. So then we cut to Shirley sitting on a bed in one of the rooms in a transparent bra and some bikini bottoms. Harold is standing next to her, caressing her breasts. Some absolutely insane yellow flower wallpaper. Oh, yeah. The 70s in this. This whole (laughs) room's quite yellow. Yes, it is. Shelly then walks into the room. Harold suggests to Shelly that they should welcome Shirley to their group. Shirley has an eruption of pubic hair that goes up to her belly button, by the way. Hell yeah. As Harold unties Shirley's top, he notes that they didn't have those when he was a boy. Yeah, he's got your favorite open front, uh, front open bra. Yeah. Yeah. One of these girls grabs a camera downstairs and heads upstairs with Miss Stewart to watch Harold, Shirley, and Shelley. Harold has Shirley go down on Shelley as Shelley makes out with Harold. Harold unzips his pants and Shelley pulls out his cock and starts to blow him. As this is going on, we see Miss Stewart and the other girl peeking through the curtain, taking some pictures. Shirley is eating Shelley out from behind as she continues to blow Harold. They switch and Shirley starts to blow Harold as he fingers Shelley. Shelley says, let me sit on your face, Harold, so you can lick my pussy. So Shirley mounts Harold Cowgirl and rides him while Shelley straddles Harold's face. Shelley then turns around after a bit and starts to kiss Shirley as she continues to ride Harold. The girls then roll off of Harold and make out with each other. We see Miss Stewart taking more pictures and finally Harold comes as the two girls are making out, coming on their faces. They lick and suck his cock a bit more. We then see Miss Stewart and the other girl walking downstairs, noting that when Harold sees these, he'll have to give them free rent. Although the other girl notes, maybe they should just give them to Harold's wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, It seems like they already get pretty cheap rent, and all they gotta do is just bang Jamie Gillis. Right. Doesn't seem like a terrible trade-off. Right. Ellen and Sue are in bed talking. Ellen says that to be initiated, the other girls had to have sex with half the football team. But they promise each other they won't do anything like that. Bill calls on the phone, and Sue won't answer. Ellen gives her a hard time afterwards, and Sue says that Bill can go to hell. Rosebud, on the other side of the room, who's watching, says... Hell would be an upgrade for those two. We then see the devil appear outside, and then we see Rosebud and Mary Lou running past him. They're being chased by Tom, who the devil pushes off of the porch and onto the ground below. <laughs> the girls ask the devil what happens if they're if the two girls are still virgins after tomorrow. Devil says, not much. They'll get clouds and harps. They'll have to sing Amazing Grace and Pat Boone all day for eternity. That doesn't sound great. They ask what they can do to stop that, and the devil says that he has an idea. We cut to Sue getting a phone call from the devil, and using his devil's trick, he sounds like uh, Sue's dad. So when Sue asks to talk to her mom, 
Rosebud talks to her, again, using the devil magic to sound like her mom. Yeah, he puts on his white voice on this. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, Sorry for Bothering You? No. It was pretty good. Um, it had... I forget who was in it, but it was by uh, Boots Riley, who was a, a rapper in some group. But uh, it was pretty good. A good, yeah. uh, like, weird sci-fi kind of Philip K. Dick style, like, story. Okay. Yeah, but uh, he puts on his white voice when he does his telemarketing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as Rosebud is talking to Sue, pretending to be her mother, she knows that they're looking forward to her wedding. They're excited that it'll be just over Christmas break and says there's no point in waiting. Her fake mom ends the call abruptly and Sue is upset. Ellen asks Sue what's up, and she says that she has to make up with Bill immediately. So apparently they pressured Sue into thinking that she needs to get back together with her boyfriend because she thinks her family is... They're okay with her having premarital sex now. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, it's a devil's trick. We see Bill climbing through their window into their room, and Ellen leaves. I think it's kind of fucked up that they leave... Um... The other one on her own to, she doesn't get any devil trick help. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to make any special calls for you to get this girl laid. <laughs> right. So the devil and the ghosts watch as Sue says to Bill that she's changed her mind about waiting for marriage. The devil then takes off with Rosebud and tells Mary Lou to make sure that they fuck. So Bill and Sue start to make out, and we cut to the devil wagging his dick at Rosemary, telling her to come take care of it, and she does, crawling <laughs> over and blowing him. We cut back to Bill and Sue, and Bill's going down on Sue and then works in a finger. We cut back, and the devil's going down on Rosebud. Bill gets up from going down on Sue and asks for her to do the same for him. He lays back and talks her through blowing him. We see the devil kneeling above Rosebud's head and she starts to blow him. Back with Bill, Bill tells Sue to play with his balls. We see the devil mount Rosebud and start fucking her. Bill tells Sue that he wants to put it inside her, and he does. The devil tells Rosebud he wants to keep her in hell forever. We keep cutting back and forth between the devil and Rosebud and Bill and Sue as there's a lot of pipe being laid. And then we see the devil come on Rosemary's belly and Bill come on Sue's. Sue tells Bill that she loves him and he reciprocates. And then we see Charlie and Ellen. They're in Miss Stewart's room. Yes. Charlie says that she left him some films. Ellen asks what kind, and Charlie says art films. Yeah, that's what we call them. He then hands her a cup of popcorn and starts the movie. It's porn. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. That's what we call them. We call them art films. Yes, we do. Ellen yells at Charles about putting on pornography, and he tells her to relax. It's educational. <laughs> so we're seeing a blowjob on this projection screen. Mm -hmm. uh, and as this is going on... Charles gets Ellen with the old dick in the popcorn trick. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, the film Taxi Driver during the scene where uh, he <laughs> takes her to see a pornography film on like their first date. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I was thinking, I was like, what if Scorsese had done the old popcorn trick in Taxi Driver? <laughs> oh. So Ellen screams and yells at him after those shenanigans, and Ellen tries to storm off, but Mary Lou grabs her and tells her to stop. She can't see Mary Lou, so she thinks Charles said something to her, and Charles is confused. Mary Lou keeps yelling things at Ellen, but Ellen's confused because she doesn't see Mary Lou, and she apparently can sort of hear her. Mm -hmm. She gets totally confused and just sits down and starts making out with Charlie. <laughs> Mary Lou keeps being the devil on her shoulder, telling her to do things, and Ellen keeps getting more confused, but finally she asks Charles if he wants to make love, and of course he does. They kiss a bit and undress, and then we see them entwined sideways on the bed, caressing one another. 
Ellen goes down and starts to blow Charles. She says it tastes so good. He notes it's probably like popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) She gets on his face and they 69. And then Ellen lays back and Charles mounts her. She seems uncomfortable at first, and she says she thought it would feel good, but they kiss more, and as he keeps going at it, she gets more into it. He pumps away, and she tells him that she loves him. As this is going on, Mary Lou continues to watch, smiling. He has his legs outside hers as he's fucking her missionary, and it's strange. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a position not for fat people. Yeah. Uh, He finally pulls out and comes on her tits as Mary Lou claps and laughs. We then see Ellen walk back into their bedroom and Sue is in there waiting. They're both excited and ask each other guess what. They awkwardly tell each other to go first and finally they reveal to one another that they had made love. I'm really glad we did it, Sue says, and the ghosts say in unison, So are we! The girls then leave the room and the ghosts collapse onto the bed with each other laughing. We then see the girls walk downstairs into the living room where there's a bunch of people waiting. Oh yeah, they were going to be initiated. Yep, and so they ask if the girls are ready, and they are. So first, they're told to strip, and they do. They ask if they're ready for the hors d'oeuvres. They're told to go to the mantle where we see two girls there with their vaginas exposed, and the two girls have to go down on each of the girls. The devil watches on, smiling. They have Sue and Ellen get down on the shag carpet, and then a guy goes down on Ellen. Rosebud then starts to blow the devil before going to join the rest of the room to help them fuck. She pushes Shirley away from Harold and starts to rub Harold's crotch before licking his balls. We then see the devil fucking Miss Stewart. One of the girls goes to find Tom, and after knocking him down and making him lose his glasses, she says, Mary Lou and Rosebud are there waiting for you. Somehow everybody knows they're there now. Yeah, everyone. It's become like a full-on like satanic coven meeting at this point. <laughs> the devil's there, there's spirits, there's strange rituals. Uh, but, uh, the, but I'm not paying for my kids to go to college if this is what it's going to be like. <laughs> Tom says his glasses are broken, but she tells him he won't need them. So we cut back to the room and it's all sucking and fucking. Tom gets dragged in and he starts yelling out, Mary Lou, is that you? And uh, the girl in front of him says yes. She asks if he wants to fuck her and he does. But in fact, it's not Mary Lou. It's one of the other girls. We see three chicks, a close-up shot of them licking one dick. Mary Lou has Bill lay down and starts to blow him. The devil starts to fuck Miss Stewart, I believe, in the ass. We see Mary Lou riding Bill. It's the devil's hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mary Lou's riding Bill. Sue is blowing Tom while Ellen is getting fingered by him. Rosebud continues to blow Harold. Tom fucks Sue. The devil pulls Tom off of Sue and then starts to fuck her himself. (laughs) Uh, The suck fuck continues for quite a bit, and then we get a bunch of facials, including Harold on Rosebud and a bunch of other wet shots of people I couldn't identify in Mm -hmm. in the collage of loads. Yeah. We see Mary Lou finish off Bill as well. And then the devil asks the ghosts if they're ready. They ask for what? To go downstairs. We made it? Of course. And then the devil looks at the camera and tells the audience, I'll see you in hell. And then he disappears in a puff of smoke. Yes. The end. Yes. I love this movie's pro-devil message. (laughs) It's wonderful. Yes. All right, well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Heavenly Desire. Heavenly Desire 
So does this film follow your understanding of heaven, hell, and the afterlife? Um, it gets some right and it gets some wrong. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a mixed bag of uh, theological concepts and uh, <laughs> ideas. All right. Well, we're back on the Raincoat Report and it's time for the patented Raincoat Review. Oh, so... did the patent office get back with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were granted the patent. Okay, great. But only on that, of the 15 patents we filed, that was the only one that went through. Yeah. I'm, I'm having trouble getting Raincoat Institute uh, like licensing. Yeah, it's tough. It turns yeah. out that... Uh, if you want to call yourself an institute, there's more hoops to jump through than you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Jeremy, what did you think about Heavenly Desire? I'll be honest, I love this movie. Okay. It was so much fun. Um, it was great seeing Seika and Serena, two people we haven't really focused on a whole lot. Yeah. But it was good getting them back in there. Um, they're a good duo. Yeah. In this movie, they have uh, I think good energy together. They play off each other pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, Johnny Keys. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember his first name. I love him as the devil, like you said earlier. Probably one of the best representations of the devil uh, on the screen. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a hundred years of film against that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a still well-paced, enjoyable uh, fantasy comedy porno film. Yeah. There's a lot to like about it. The uh, costumes are nice. It's a very vibrant-looking film. I think Vinegar Syndrome did the restoration on this. If yeah. If I'm not wrong, they did a great job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really, uh, I like the soundtrack a yeah. whole lot. I like that it had kind of two different theme songs, <laughs> which yeah. rules. Uh, the rest of the music is nice. It's never, nothing's really out of place. It doesn't always stand out, but um, it fits the lighthearted tone of the film. It's kind of like a lighthearted piano, saxophone, just general kind of music type right. stuff, but uh, a very pleasant, pleasing way. Yeah. And to go back to last week, it shows how music in a film can make all the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like it. It's quite an irreverent film as far as uh, its motivations and trying to get into hell. You don't see a whole lot of that. Yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought the uh, scenarios they had to end up in were fun, too, with the ghosts, like, uh, manipulating, like, the living and all of that. Yeah. Um, kind of prefigures Beetlejuice a little bit in that regard. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah. yeah. Um, it puts to mind two other films we've covered at this point. One I mentioned was Sorority Sweethearts. Yeah. And that's kind of just like a thematic thing with um, them being in a sorority. But they also have, like I said, the kind of helping each other get laid sort of aspect to them. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is Mary Mary. Um, okay. Just because of the presence of a, like, devilish figure in the mix that who eventually sort of presides over an entire orgy right <laughs> i will say johnny keys has it over uh andre yeah he's got way more style he doesn't do any soft uh soft yoga yoga size type <laughs> uh movements right no uh type whatever uh not tybo <laughs> <laughs> uh and just uh i don't know i think the film pays off pretty well i just bring those two films up to uh just kind of note some similarities and things we've watched before and how uh they can be handled differently and sometimes more effectively yeah yeah um i think it's a this film's a delight from start to end from heaven to hell <laughs> <laughs> from me to you uh i'm giving it a four and a half Okay, okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely something like I would want to show other people if I had to like pick out an adult film for them to watch. Okay. I think there's a lot in there. It goes from being like a goofball western to the sorority picture to having 
the devil stuff. There's just a whole lot to like. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I also enjoy this film a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that it definitely overachieved uh, from what my expectations were. Yeah, I didn't really have much going into this, which might also have been part of it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I do, you know, as you've already said and I've said before, I really like Johnny Keys as mm-hmm. the devil. He's a lot of fun. Seca and Serena are quite a team. Uh, definitely the sort of team you'd like to invite to a party. Yeah. And uh, it's good to have them together, working together to corrupt the youth of America. Hell yeah. Uh, driving them away from the arms of God and into the backseat of the devil's Cadillac Broham. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a good excuse for all kinds of depravity. Um, you know, again, Seika and Serena are great. Um, Jamie Gillis gets some time to be a creepy but charismatic guy yeah. <laughs> in his uh, signature way. Um, we get a lot of goofball comedy, especially mm-hmm. everything surrounding Ralph slash Tom uh, as the complete klutz who keeps falling and breaking his glasses yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again or rube you know what's really interesting was that the whole background of this is about a love so powerful it translates through generations of a family yeah and tom and uh mary lou were in love despite the fact that you know, Ralph died, and Ralph is the one who actually killed Mary Lou and Sue yeah. on accident. But uh, you would think that maybe at the end, Mary Lou and Tom would do it, but they don't. <laughs> do they not get together in that big pile of bodies? I guess I'm, no, they okay. don't. Uh, Mary Lou's with Bill at the side for most of the time. Okay, all right. <laughs> I thought I assumed they would have. I assumed in the mix at some point they switched around. I, did, I missed that. Uh, so no, that didn't happen, but that's plenty okay. I think that there's a lot of fun, the whole, you know, late teen, still virgins trying to come to terms with sexuality and all of that. That, That's always a fun setup for a porn film. Uh And, uh, you know, Bill and Charlie, uh, Mike Ranger and, uh, John Martin, John Martin, are fun in their roles of the boyfriends that they're a bit pushy, but yeah. you know, I, I guess that they, I would think that they would be considered almost gentlemanly for the men of the 1970s. Yeah. They're horny, but they're not, um, they're not over insistent. Uh, they, they do, they do fun little pranks like the popcorn trick. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all of the roles are fun. The sex is pretty good. Um, there are questions as far as why a ghost can pull out one of their dicks and jerk them off, and, uh, the girl doesn't seem to see his dick hanging out with cum on it, but, you know, that, that just adds to the fun of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty well made considering the time and place and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Overall, I'll give it four stars. Okay. I think that's, I think we've. We got ourselves a a podcast episode. We do have a podcast episode. We're doing free podcasts every Wednesday for 91 weeks now. Yeah. And uh, we've got some not-so-free podcasts twice a month on our Patreon, raincoatreport.com slash... No. Nope. No. In fact, it is patreon.com <laughs> slash raincoatreports. If you want to contribute to us and uh, enjoy some free podcasts, early access, no ads, all of that good stuff, uh, follow us there. Or if you want to keep things a little bit more free, you can continue to listen every week, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rainco Report. So if you're climbing in the backseat of the devil's Cadillac Broham, don't forget your raincoat. Is wet back there with all the wet shots. Oh, yes. Well, are you girls ready? Ready.
to go downstairs. You mean we made it? Of course, and I'm a man of my word. Shall we go? I'll see you all in hell. <laughs>